1: you are listening to Rum Buncher radio as we close out the year 2022 all kinds of news to talk about again this week as this offseason continues to roll on merry christmas everybody and happy new year as we get it started tonight dick mountain Richard Joseph Hill is a Pittsburgh Pirate. Connor Joe has been added to the roster as well. Austin Hedges. A lot of news to talk about as we get into it tonight, guys. And be sure to follow us on Twitter if you've not already done so, at Rumbunter, because we had all that breaking for you as it came out. And please check out Rumbunter.com as well. Uh, But Marty, as we get into the show tonight, how was your Christmas, man? How are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Holiday was great. Um, Before we go any further... um... We absolutely have to mention Nick Caparoso, uh, my co-editor, Rumbunner, our normal host with us. He is not with us because Monday. Well, I guess technically would have been Tuesday morning at twelve o five a.m. He officially joined the Fatherhood Club. So, congratulations to Nick and his wife Lauren. Um, that that's 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 been a long time coming. Um, obviously, with pregnancies, but you know they they I know they were Lauren, especially from some of the conversations she's had with my wife. She was very ready for the baby to be born. So, shout out to Nick and Lauren parenthood welcome to the world vienna Caparoso. Um, i'm very excited for my wife and i to get to go down and meet her here soon so gotta start the show with that but yeah no my holiday was good um you guys can't see it because i do a video tonight if you could my nose extremely swollen i tripped over one of my cats on the steps last night and broke my nose so that's always fun but um yeah no outside of that just been enjoying relaxing and lots of hot stove talk pirates included this time of year Trey you and I both love the bowl games all day long so can't complain.
1: Yeah, it has been an excellent bowl season so far. And as you said congratulations to Nick Caparoso. Uh, I know uh, you know it'd been a long time coming like you said here and congratulations. I I, I do um you know hope that he's going to give his daughter a chance to pick the team that she wants to pull for because we've all been subjected to a lifetime uh, uh you know of sadness and depression pulling for the Pirates. You know, maybe she'll want to rock the black and gold, uh, but it is great uh, great news as we start the week here for Nick, and i uh, well, very excited well, for him.
2: Real quick <laughs> on the match, regardless yeah. of what yeah. mom and dad, <inaudible> dad do, Uncle, Uncle Morgan and Eric have already
1: his entire So there is <they're>, <laughs> <very laughs> a lot. Of here we go. I love it. Get her started early. Uh, and the Pirates here. This offseason, you know, has been so crazy. I'm glad that, you know, she's going to be brought into the world at a time where the rebuild is starting to come into fruition here. By the time she realizes that the Pirates are going to be, hopefully, you know, three, four times over world champions under this regime. And she can only experience positive memories of the Pirates, not some of this that we're dealing with right now. But as we talk about this crazy offseason, Marty, and, um, you know, everything that's gone on over the last few weeks. The last episode, we were talking about Vince Velazquez, obviously Brian Reynolds requesting his trade. Uh, We're going to get into some more of that tonight as well. Um, But, you know, a lot has happened since then as well. Rich Hill is now a Pittsburgh Pirate veteran, uh, still has to, you know, go through his physicals. We found out this offseason why uh, you want to make sure all of that is taken care of. But, um, you know, this is a guy that will be on the hill for the Pirates this season, adding depth to this rotation. Great to get another veteran in here uh, to join this staff. What were your thoughts when you saw uh, this news break? And what do you see Rich Hill's role? I guess where do you see him fitting into this lineup this season?
2: Yeah, personally, I really like the Rich Hill signing. Um, I saw people complain about on Twitter, and I truly don't understand. One year, $8 million. I understand he's 43 years old or whatever it is, but last year, he would have been, if he would have been in the Pirate rotation all year, so set aside what Contreras did, set aside what Oviedo did down the stretch, he would have been the Pirates' second-best starting pitcher behind Mitch Keller. So, like, I don't get it. I, I mean, the guy is what he is, and that's not a bad thing. You know, his curveball, I saw Jason Mackey, uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette front of the podcast. We're hoping to have him back on here soon in the offseason. Uh, talking about Rich Hill's curveball for the Pirates. Signed him and said how in spring training he's excited to watch that curveball because that curveball can still snap. We still got a lot of movement, too. It. It's still a really good pitch. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you go back to 2016, since 2016, Rich Hill has been a really good starting pitcher. I mean, he's battled a lot of injuries in his career, but the last like six or seven years, when he's finally been able to kind of just stay healthy and be on the mound, he's been really good. You know, you go back to 2016, his ERA is 339, his FIP is 378. So it's backed up by the peripherals. Um, and not just that, he's a left handed pitcher, which this roster right now, the only two left-handed pitchers on the 40 man roster are Jose Hernandez and Harlan Garcia, which, I mean, we'll get into Garcia's signing being a in a little bit. So Hill is the only lefty in the rotation, and PNC Park is built for left-handed pitching. And even what Hill is going to provide on the mound, that aside, you have a very young pitching staff. Mitch Keller is still only entering, what, his fourth major league season? Ronzi Contreras, Oviedo. You expect Quinn Priester and Mike Burrows and Luis Ortiz to graduate this season. Having a guy like Hill around for that crew can be Invalid just invaluable for what he can provide them. Look what AJ Burnett did for a Charlie Morton, for a Garrett Cole, for a Jeff Locke back in the day, and it could be very similar to that. So, I love the signing. Hill is a very good starting pitcher. He's going to go out there, he's going to give you six, seven innings to start, he's going to pitch extremely well, he's going to give invaluable information inside of these young guys, (coughs) and you know, all of a sudden. And then something that Nick wrote about on the site a day or two ago. This pirate rotation looks pretty solid. You know, Mitch Keller, um, and I'll have something up this weekend about Keller and how 2023 can be a big season for him, finished last season extremely well um, and just finally found that consistency, that, consistency, that groove. We all expect Ronzi Contreras to be a future ace. Johan Oviedo was phenomenal down the stretch last year. And then you throw in Rich Hill and then you have Vince Velasquez and JT Brubaker battling for that fifth spot. And you can do a lot worse. your number five starter than those guys. And then you even look to the minors, like I said, with Priester, with Burroughs, with Ortiz. It's not just the pirates finally have five legitimate major league starting pitchers for the first time in a long time. You've got some quality depth, which is nice to have. So I think the pirates this year, are going to take a big step forward with on-field performance. I mean, they've lost 100 games two years in a row, would be three years in a row if it wasn't for the COVID short in a year. Um, so it's hard not to improve. But a big reason why I think they will improve is because I think the starting rotation can be like sneakily be like top half of the National League. And I know the Cubs have kind of been the splashy team this offseason. But even with the Cubs adding Jameson Tyone, I still think the Pirates have – a better rotation to the Cubs, and they definitely have a better rotation in the Reds. So I think you're going into the season looking at the Pirates having the third best rotation in the National League Central, and I think by the end of the year, as you graduate some prospects, the gap between the Pirates and the Cardinals and the Brewers, especially the Cardinals, because I mean the Brewers have some so filth in the rotation, but I think the gap there could be smaller than people are anticipating. And no, it isn't baseball. You're only as good as your next day starting pitcher. And on a lot of days this year, the Pirates next day starting pitcher is going to be a really good option. And adding Rich Hill is a big reason why.
1: Yeah, we, you know, Rich Hill, a pitcher, we've seen moves made that for guys that aren't pitchers that, like you said, are are moves that at least get you out of that 100 loss territory or moves that, you know, set you up for future success with bringing in guys like Rich Hill to be mentors for some of these youngsters coming along here. Uh, but, you know, I think Rich Hill, nonetheless, is a perfect signing for this team because, like you said, it adds depth. But he gives you five legitimate starters. And, um, you know, with the social media posts and everything, I think they're going to be for real about Vince Velazquez here. We are kind of talking about in the last episode what we see his role being with the Pirates. Uh, you know, they made him a hype video, Marty. I think that it's safe to say <laughs> he might at least get a chance to start here. Uh, but $8 million is what was reported by Jeff Passan on Tuesday. That is for one year with Rich Hill, the 42-year-old left-hander. And, and, you know, we get to say Dick Mountain all season. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Uh, to They have Dick Mountain listed on Google as his nickname, so it is official. Rich Hill, not official with the Pirates quite yet, uh, but the both parties have now agreed on a deal for the veteran. Uh, let's talk about Harlan Garcia a little bit, and we are going with Harlan. We uh, had some deliberation pre-show here to determine exactly how to pronounce I think Harlan is going to be our go-to throughout the season you know there's a bit of a hold up here marty we saw the signing happen let me pull it up here i believe that was back um about two weeks ago uh, through the holiday season though they weren't able to sort out the contract exactly some of that could have been due to christmas uh, some other stuff what happened here and why was there some uh, delay on making the harland garcia's signing official
2: yeah, yeah, he broke about the Pirates and Garcia during the winter meetings that he had agreed to a uh, essentially a two-year deal with the Pirates, a 2023-year deal with a club option for 2024. Um, and again, go back to our friend Jason Mackey, reported on I think it's either Sunday or Monday that there were some visa issues and then the holidays, and that kind of held this up. But no, the signing was made official on Wednesday night. I think that's a really good signing for the Pirates. Um, Garcia is a really good left-handed reliever. Pitched for the Giants last season and put together a really strong season for San Francisco. He pitched excuse me, pitched 65 innings for the Giants, 374 ERA, and 322 career innings as a 361 ERA. Um, definitely the best left hander in the bullpen right now, uh, considering it's him and Jose Hernandez, who they added in the Roll Five draft. And really, next to David Bednar going into the year, he's probably your best reliever. Um, he's the guy who has proven the most as as a major league pitcher, him and Bednar are. So, you know, and if you look at your division, even though it it has changed in recent years, you've seen a lot of the big lefty thumpers kind of leave the division. You still have Christian Yelich, You you know, you're still going to have to deal with left-handed hitters. Joey Votto, the man who just will not go away, is still around. So there's still some lefties there that you're going to have to deal with with Garcia, and you have to have a quality lefty in your bullpen. So it's a really good signing. Um, To make that signing official, Bryce Wilson was designated for assignment. I will say Wilson being designated for assignment kind of surprised me. Um, He, I mean, I know his overall numbers last year were ugly, but from about the middle of the summer on, he pitched okay. So I thought the Pirates would keep him around as a depth option for the rotation. Um, I thought Zach Thompson would go before Wilson, to be honest. And also, right now, the Pirates currently have nine players listed as outfielders on their 40-man roster. Um, now, that includes, you know, they have two Peter Marcano listed as an outfielder. Obviously, he's more of an infielder. You have Miguel Andujar listed as an outfielder. I think this year we primarily see him uh, as designated hitter splitting time with G-Man Choi. But I-, I thought we would see one of those outfielders go, either Ryan Volody or Travis Swaggerty. Um, but I mean, I think they probably both are going to be gone before we get the before we get to opening day because you know the Rich Hill signing is made official. Still think they make a few more additions. I'm um, assuming Tyler Heineman is the backup catcher. You got to get him on 40 man roster at some point. So I was a little surprised to see Wilson go. But um, yeah, know another another strong addition. This bullpen is still definitely the team's weak spot right now. Um, the one thing with the bullpen, I will say, is you're going to go into the year with very little confidence in it. Uh, I mean, they were the worst bullpen in the National League last year, one of the worst in baseball, and they're bringing back essentially the same cast of characters. But I will say there is a reason to potentially see some improvements, but with just some younger guys who are getting healthy, taking steps forward. But that's talk for later in the offseason. But for now, Garcia, strong addition to the bullpen, Um, a really good left-handed reliever, something you need. And yeah, it's just – Again, you know, people like to complain about the Pirates. I know I do it plenty, but ultimately the biggest thing for me and Garcia is part of this. They've gone into this off season and they've added to this roster. The roster is better now than it was on opening day last year. The roster is better now than it was at the end of the season last year. And are the Pirates going to contend in 2023? Absolutely not. But are they also just sitting on their resting on their laurels and completely punting on the season? They're not doing that either, which is nice to see because, you know, in theory, if you look at the makeup of the minor league system, where top prospects are at 2024 is a year. You probably look to take a real big step forward and be a competitive squad. And you know, a good way to start that is by adding to this 23 team and putting yourself in position to improve. And they just continue to do it with the additions throughout the off season, Garcia being the latest.
1: They're not punting. I mean, you said it. This is the first time, I think, since 2019. You know, we can realistically say that. It's You know, I'd say they're going for it on fourth down, but, um, you know, from the other teams, 41, 42. It's a little risky, but it's not going to kill you if you don't get it this season. Uh, but like you said, Martin, you know, real quick, I kind of want to touch on that. That Bryce Wilson news flew under the radar a bit with everything going on. I felt the, the, the cringe, just the gut-wrenching, Uh, you know, Awful feeling watching a guy pitch two times when watching the Pirates in my lifetime, uh, which started in 1999. Michael Perez was one of those guys. Zach Thompson is the other guy that would make that list. Why Wilson uh, over Thompson in this situation? Or I guess why Thompson over Wilson, really?
2: Yeah, like I said, it was a move I didn't totally understand. I mean, even if you kind of look at their pitching repertoire, with, I mean, again, neither of them are good. Don't get me wrong; they both stink, and neither of them are ever going to be on a roster of a team that's contending. Um, But y- you look at their stuff, and Wilson at least gives you some hope. He's a lot younger, also former top hundred prospect. Um, I mean, I guess I should say neither of them are ever gonna are never going to be a team that's contending because Wilson picked up a just threw a gem for the Braves in twenty twenty in the postseason to uh, help them beat the Dodgers, but. I I just – I don't know. I didn't quite understand it, but, I mean, ultimately, I don't think it matters much because I think both are probably going to be off this 40-man by opening day. Um, Thompson might hang around. They both have minor league options, but, I mean, it also might just come down to they know neither of these guys are going to be in the rotation. I like Thompson's makeup as a reliever more than they do Wilson's. But, ultimately, probably a a very minuscule difference because, I mean, like I said, between now and opening day, you've got to get a backup catcher on the 40-man. I still think they add another middle infielder. I still think they look to add some bullpen help. You've got to make the Rich Hill signing official. There's still going to be plenty of opportunities for Zach Wilson to also be axed off this 40 man roster. <laughs> <laughs> or,
1: or, Zach Thompson,
2: Thompson.
1: We, we can only cross our fingers here. Now we wish Zach Thompson the absolute best, but uh, it has been brutal to watch him perform in Pittsburgh so far. And we hope Jacob Stallings is doing very well uh, in that
3: whole. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.
0: Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Shake around as well. But let's move on to, to some other news that broke... Throughout the last week, really week and a half here for the Pirates, uh, December the eighteenth, a busy day for Pittsburgh. Connor Joe was traded to the Rockies for Nick Garcia. I love this move. Connor Joe, originally a Pirate, bounced around a bit here, uh, but still, I don't have it up here. Marty, still young, uh, you know, still in the mid twenties, and a guy that can platoon, you know, can provide right away for Pittsburgh. What were your thoughts when you saw this one break?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a trade that surprised me because Connor Joe, I mean, like you said, he's still, I mean, he's 30 years old, so in theory, he should be entering the prime of his career, but in terms of Major League action, he's still young. Um, He only has 694 Major League plate appearances under his belt between the Giants and the Colorado Rockies. Um, In the last two seasons with Colorado, he's done some nice things. I mean, he... Draws a ton of walks, is gonna get on base at a high clip at 379 on base percentage in 2021. Um, last year he had more than double the plate appearances. So this is a factor, but on base percentage you're still 340, which is really strong. 12.3% walk rate in 2021, 11.8% walk rate last year. Hits left-handed pitching well. Um I, I expect Connor Joe to platoon with Jack Selinski and right throw to start the year and with how the roster is currently constructed. I mean, obviously. Brian Reynolds gets traded, that completely changes everything for the outfield. But I think if opening day was tomorrow, your outfield is probably G-1 Bay, Brian Reynolds, and then a Sawinski and Connor Joe platoon. Um, and that's a platoon that can work really well. Because uh, Sawinski hit right-handed pitching really well last year. And, you know, with Connor Joe, he hits lefties better than righties, but he's not terrible against righties either, which is nice. Um, so I do think there, there could be a situation where – if Sawinski continues to not be able to hit uh, away from PNC Park, that you could potentially see Connor Joe hit his way into a more of a regular role. Because, I mean, overall, the last two years with Colorado, he owns a 351 on base percentage. He owns a 745 OPS, a 12% walk rate, and that's against both right-handed and left-handed pitching combined. So it's, it's not like he struggles against right. He sees better against lefties. But yeah, I think that's a that's a strong addition by the Pirates. One thing I like about it too is it kind of bucks some of the trends we've seen in recent years. And even though, excuse me, we've seen times this offseason with bringing guys in on one-year deals, Um, Connor Joe still comes with four years of team control, which is nice. Because again, like I said, in theory, <clears throat> 2024 is a season where you see a big step forward in terms of competitiveness. So it's nice to see them bringing in guys like a Connor Joe, like a Harlan Garcia who can still be here for that and can help start to lay the foundation now, not just be here for a year and then move on.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Connor, Joe is a bit different here, but it kind of makes you wonder a little bit when you see a lot of the moves they've made G1 Choi, Carlos, uh, you know, as well. And some of these other guys, why haven't they done this the last few seasons? You know, why did they just, kind of let the Pirates be the Pirates and lose 100 games the last two seasons. Would have done so in 2020. Why didn't they try to add some of these guys on one-year deals and at least help the team be competitive for a little bit? Is it, you know, just them being cheap stakes here? Or, or you know, were they just really trying to buy into the rebuild all the way?
2: I really do think it was them just being fully committed to this rebuild, and the tanking. Um, <clears throat> I know we've talked about ad nauseum on here. When Ben Charrington came in, the Pirate roster was in a position where he didn't have to rebuild. He chose to rebuild. And if you're going to choose to rebuild, especially with the roster he had, you've got to completely blow it up and just commit to it. you got to go full-blown Houston Astros for a few years. Um, we've seen a payoff. You know, Henry Davis, number one overall pick. Tamar Johnson last year might have been the best pure hitter in the draft. You have the number one overall pick next year. So I think it was more that than anything else. And now they're in a position where they know it's time to start looking more to improve this roster, to start focusing more on winning baseball games. Um, I I do believe that 2023 will be the first season with Ben Charrington and Derek Shelton in charge where their number one priority is not going to be rebuilding the tank job. Their number one priority is going to be winning baseball games. Um, and again, that's not to say they're going to come out and win 85, 86 games and compete for wild card or something, because they're not going to. But I do think they're definitely going to be better. And I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see games managed differently by Derek Shelton. Because I think there were times the last few years where he threw guys into a spot, not necessarily because he thought they were going to be successful, but you know what? We're trying to see what we got here. Let's see how you do here. And good luck. Um, I think this year we're going to see more of putting guys in positions where they believe they'll be successful and can help them win a baseball game. So I do think that's the biggest thing is, like I said, these first three years with this regime, they were just very focused on the rebuild, on blowing it up with loading up the farm system with talent. And their way of doing that was, you know, you're never going to go out and you know purposely lose a game, but you can also go out and maybe not necessarily try to win a game. I think we saw a lot of that.
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know, and maybe the lottery changes things a little bit. You you figure they probably had committed to the extent they did either way, but now with the lottery too, you know it, it further incentivizes winning and um, you know not tanking, not trying to uh, send out your guys to get the number one pick. And I'm with you there too. You know we talked about it on this show, some of the moves that that were made in game some of the question marks that we had about the way they managed the bullpen, uh, you know certain lineups as well. But I think you're right. This year is going to be the first true test of Derek Shelton. Going to be excited to see. How it goes here? I've talked about the lineup, um, you know, over and over again with friends, family, other Pirates fans about how this lineup is finally exciting. This lineup has major league names. It's a major league lineup for the first time in a while, and you know, that's took getting a catcher uh, here as well. We were hoping for a while maybe Roberto Perez, uh, but it's looking like that he will not be returning to Pittsburgh. Austin Hedges signed as a free agent back on the twentieth. Another veteran guy here. It's going to give you great defense. You don't love the bat necessarily, but, um, you know, another big signing here. And a guy that starts to complete this roster for 2023 a bit. How would you feel about Austin Hedges?
2: I mean, defensively, you've got to love the addition. Since Hedges made his major league debut in 2015, he leads all major league catchers in defensive runs saved. Um, Offensively, uh, last year of... There was 277 players who had at least 300 plate appearances. Austin Hedges ranked 276th in WRC. So he was not good. Um, I'm not. I think him and Tyler Heineman, because I fully expect Heineman to be the backup catcher, are a tremendous defensive duo. Um, I'm not convinced that Hedges is better than Heineman um, because Heineman's going to be a little bit more offensively. But. I mean, with a young staff, you want that stalwart back there, that defensive guy who is going to handle the staff well, is going to mow down runners, is going to frame pitches, save them runs. And that's what they're going to have in these two. And I do think, too, if you look at the Pirates, the the makeup um, of their farm system, obviously, they have few prospects more highly touted than Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. So... And if you look at them, they're both – the reason they're so highly talented is because what they can do offensively as a catcher, their defense, especially Davis, is not necessarily what they're known for. So I don't think it's a coincidence they brought a guy like Hedges in to work with these two also to help them help them just learn the ins and outs of handling a major league pitching staff and the little things behind the plate of, uh, you know, you – I know this is not apples to apples by any means, but – in. For my kids, I coach baseball, I typically coach our catchers every year. And I always tell them if you want to steal a strike, move your glove as little as possible because that's what's gonna make the umpire think it's a strike. Like just little things like that, having a guy like Hedges who can teach those guys those things. I think that was also played as much of a role in anything to who they added as their catcher because they could have gone out and gotten a guy like Jorge Alfaro who might give them more offense or somebody like that. I think they were as concerned with getting a veteran defensive guy in here who is going to help improve Rodriguez and Davis behind the dish as they were anything else. And Hedges will definitely do that.
1: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. If you you know, lose a bat uh, in the lineup, the catching position is fine. With all the signings we've seen, there's so many powered bats now uh, in this lineup, or guys with at least a ceiling, uh, you know, to give you that power option there. Austin Hedges ceiling at the plate, not very high, of course, but like you said, you want a guy to come in here and nurture these young pitchers, you know, a guy that's going to give you great defense, and that's what you get in Austin Hedges, and, you know, maybe in this is a breakout year here uh, for him as well, but I like this move, um, you know, I like at least securing a veteran to be behind the dish there. Uh, Other moves that happened throughout the week. Nick Mears, no longer a Pirate. He's a Texas Ranger now, claimed off of waivers. We saw Diego Castillo designated for assignment as well, but he cleared waivers, but was then traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks for Scott Randall, the right-handed pitcher. Uh, Randall, obviously, in this trade in general, not as headlining as some of the other stuff we've talked about tonight, but what were your thoughts here? And I guess, you know, as we kind of reflect on that trade for Jamison Tyone, um... You know the pirates. At one point, I think we had all thought we had made out like bandits. That trade not looking quite as advantageous anymore.
2: Well, to make to make matters worse, uh, Castillo was the uh, Clay Holmes trade, not Jameson Tyone. Excuse me. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
2: Yeah, Jameson Tyone trade may still work up pretty well with the Pirates because they're running to Contreras. So I was going to say you, you,
1: you get your ace at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but
2: uh, uh, yeah, no, that Clay Holmes trade. You have Diego Castillo, who's since been traded to Arizona. Um, Hoy Park, who just got I didn't even realize he's with the Braves, it was just designated for assignment by the Braves earlier this week. So he's, he's bounced, bounced around down this offseason. But um yeah, no, I mean you look at Scott Randall, he's a guy from what I've gathered, good change up, good control, but probably long term if he makes it in the majors, it's a long reliever swingman type. But you know, you designated steal for Simon, you weren't gonna him around anyway, you might as well take a flyer on somebody in return than have nothing at all.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And it's just so unfortunate. Clay Holmes gave the Pirates quality innings, uh, but obviously it's turned into a standout reliever in Major League Baseball now. Uh, as we wrap it up here, Marty, anything else you're looking forward to? We're about to turn the calendar on to 2023, hopefully uh, on to brighter days for the Pittsburgh Pirates. What are you looking forward to in the month of January here? And you know, anything else you have coming out on Rum Buncher this week?
2: I mean, obviously, with the Pirates playing now and opening day, it's going to center around Brian Reynolds. What happens there? Um, I mean, from what's been reported, from speaking with some people I know within the industry, I 100% believe that if the New York Yankees farm system was not top-heavy with shortstops, but instead of starting pitching, Brian Reynolds would already be a Yankee. Um, I know the Yankees have looked to try and get a third team into discussions to try and get starting pitching, maybe to go from them to the Pirates because Ben Charrington wants starting pitching to headline any deal that's done for Brian Reynolds. So we will see. I mean, I don't I don't know. It, it, it's just I me. Mean, I know we've talked about it on here. The guy's still got three years of control, and if he wants out, that's hard to to keep that relationship healthy for three years. It might be before opening day. It might be at the deadline. It might be next offseason. I expect Reynolds to be traded before 2023 is over, though. Well, years years to watch
1: watch well you know, there's obviously value there. You know, something I completely had forgot about as we begin to wrap it up here. What a kick in the nuts this week. I mean, you see, you know, a trade for Dalton Varshows talented but you know you get a top prospect one of the top catching prospects in baseball in return for that along with you know another major league ready player a guy that can contribute right away Uh, are the pirates asking for too much why are the pirates not been able to to find a deal uh you know like that i know that's a question you can't ask marty but um you know it's frustrating i think to see some of this stuff go down
2: yeah, I mean, you look at that Dalton Varsha trade, I just think to myself, like, holy cow, that's what Dalton Varsha is going to net. What can they really get for Reynolds? And I just think it's to me, he still has three years of control. That's the biggest thing. I think it's the biggest reason why he hasn't been moved yet. Is in theory, you should be competitive before he's a free agent. And if you're not, honestly, if you get to 2025 and he hits free agency and you're still not competing, odds are is going to be fired and we start this whole process over again anyway. So I think that's the biggest thing. Now, I think he's got incredible value. Like, I really do think that if if he's traded, which again, I guess like I, I think he will be at some point this year, you're going to net multiple top 100 prospects for him. Um, it just, that's the kind of value the guy has. So we'll see what happens. But I just, yeah, whenever that Varsha trade happened, my first thought was just like, holy cow, this only drives Reynolds trade by up further. But it goes both ways, too, because, uh, you know, the Pirates tried to make that contract extension off of the Reynolds earlier this offseason. And then you go out and look at what a guy like Brandon Nimmo got. And you're like, all right, I can see why Reynolds is saying no because of the money that's on the market right now. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But again, like I said, I think that's the biggest storyline. I I mean, I think they looked at more bullpen help. I think you add a backup shortstop at some point. Um, Potentially you add another catcher. I don't think you do. I think it's going to be behind him as the backup. But, the the big storyline from now to the start of the season is going to be Brian Reynolds and what happens.
1: You know, and we hope that it is a headline deal, um, you know, like we saw with Dalton Vard's show. Obviously, Reynolds' value even higher than that. So it's going to be extremely fun to watch here. Um, you know, really good point there, but I haven't thought about that too much. By 2025, I think you're right. You know, if they're not finding success, probably restarting the whole process anyways. We are going to be covering the month of January, the rest of this offseason, everything leading up to opening day on Rumbunter.com. So be sure to check us out over there, guys. And like I said, follow us on Twitter as well, at Rumbunter, tweeting, uh, you know, hanging out with you guys on Twitter at all times as well as we continue to get through this offseason. But for Marty Leap, my name is Trey Yannity. Big shout out to Nick Caparoso. Congratulations uh, on the birth of the first child there and hoping you guys stay warm as we continue through this winter as well. But until next week, let's go bud.